So we're going to start this out by me asking you a question and actually not expecting you to answer this one time, to me anyway. In your mind, think to yourself what the story of Jonah is all about. Come up with the arc of the story in your mind, what happens, what the lesson is supposed to be. Just think about it. Write it down if you want to. And no cheating or referring back to the children's sermon. Because we're going to talk a little bit about Jonah because this thing, this image of the belly of the fish is so compelling. You know, some people think this story is kind of a joke story snuck into the Bible, a satire on the Old Testament prophets. But I think it is something greater. I think it speaks to our unease with our relationship to God and with the different travails in our own life. Because in the beginning of the story, God comes to Jonah. Not as we have it here in the passage we just read, when God comes to Jonah again, when Jonah is in the belly of a fish. But God comes to Jonah and says, go preach this message to the Ninevites, that I am displeased and they must cease their evil ways, or I will destroy them. Now think about that just for a second. Nineveh is not a city in Israel. It is not a city that particularly worships this God that is calling to Jonah. This is a foreign place, a faraway place. Think, if you will, if you've been paying attention to the news this week, that God says, I want you to take Richard Sherman of the Seattle Seahawks and travel to South Boston, proclaiming that the New England Patriots are cheaters and must repent of their ways if they wish to be successful. Richard Sherman, for those of you who don't know, is a very bright man, a cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks, who is very good, Stanford-educated, and tends to talk a lot of trash. People in New England don't like him very much. But imagine that is what you're being asked to do, and you'll understand, perhaps, Jonah's reluctance. So what does Jonah do when God calls him? Well, like all good prophets, he finds the fastest boat out of town going the opposite direction and hops on board, right? Jonah is so nervous about what might happen in Nineveh, the bad thing that might occur in Nineveh if he preaches this message to the Ninevites, this message that they must repent their evil ways or God will destroy them, that he jumps on a boat in the other direction. What he doesn't think about is what will happen to the Ninevites if he gets on that boat and jumps in the other direction. He does not think that anything good might happen. He only sees the bad that might happen to him personally. So think, if you will, to the last time you had a really uncomfortable conversation. We all have them, right? I see a couple of people smiling. I won't call them out because we are a church filled with grace. But you worry, and you worry, and you worry about that bad thing that might happen. You worry that people won't like you. You worry that you will be punished. You worry that something bad might happen to your person. You might get fired. And all these things might be real worries, but it doesn't really matter because they blot out the sky. They create that knot in your stomach they make you feel sick. They keep you from getting sleep. And so this is the sort of thing that Jonah was facing when God told him to go preach in Nineveh. And so he jumped on that boat 
to get away. This was the way he solved his problem, by running away from this thing he knew he had to do. And, and then it got better. Right? No, it did not get better. For those of you who have not read the book, what then happens is it turns out God knows where the boat is. Uh, and so God follows the boat and sends storms upon the boat. The boat is tossed up and down on the sea, and the sailors that Jonah stowed away with says, wait a minute, what is going on here? What is going on? What have we done to anger God that we are here? So Jonah's anxious presence has worn off on them too, and they are no longer at peace. And then Jonah does the one thing that can possibly be worse than having your body overcome by anxiety like that. He starts to feel guilty that he is anxious. He starts to feel get bad that he has caused all these problems, and he cries out, it is all my fault. He actually does this. He calls out, it is all my fault. Throw me overboard into the sea. So we start the story with Jonah worried, not sure about what. Maybe that the Ninevites will tar and feather him and throw him out of the city. Maybe worried, maybe worried they'll kill him. I don't, I don't think so, but maybe. Maybe worried that people will throw rocks at him. Maybe just worried about having to go all the way to Nineveh only to see everything happen that he is supposed to be preventing. Runs away from it, feels bad about running away from it, and now is inviting people to throw him into the sea. Whatever the worst thing that could have happened in Nineveh was, he is now saying, no, 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 do something worse to me. Guarantee that I will die a death by drowning. And so he is faced with this worst outcome in the entire world. Or so he thinks. Because what happens next? Fish swallowed him. That's right. This is the part when he's thrown into the ocean. That's where he can get eaten by giant fishes. So now... Now Jonah really has seen it all. His anxiety has driven him into the stomach of a giant fish. I'm going to invite you to sit for silence in five seconds for five seconds and imagine a worse place to be than the belly of a giant fish. Did anyone come up with one? You did. I'm going to have a conversation with you afterwards because I bet that's really cool because I couldn't do it, and no one else could do it. So good on you. Jonah finds himself in literally the worst place in the entire world because he was nervous. He was anxious. He was paying this debt, this interest on a debt that never comes due. He thought that maybe something bad might happen to him eventually, and so he avoided it and avoided it and avoided it, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger until it was the worst thing in the entire world, and he still hadn't gone to Nineveh. So rather than the possibility that something bad might happen, he guaranteed that something bad would happen. He let that anxiety eat at him and eat at him and eat at him rather than letting it go. Have you ever had that feeling you couldn't sleep for two days? Yeah. Have you had that feeling where you just couldn't stand the conflict and so you let it go on for days or weeks or years? 
Now, I know in churches we like to, to air all the things that we're thinking together and we're okay processing conflict, and so this never happens. So there's something that annoys you for 20 years and you never, you never say anything about it. So it's a good model for that, but other places maybe you've had this anxiety. Yeah, it eats you up. And so while Jonah's story did not begin in the belly of the fish, began with a call, Jonah's story sure went through the belly of the fish because it is here when he finally saw that this is the worst place in the entire world and it cannot possibly be worse than being digested by a giant fish in Nineveh. He comes to God again and says, no, no, this time I'll do it. Please save me. And God came a second time and said, well, good then. And so he is spit up out of the ocean and goes to Nineveh where he preaches Stop your evil ways. He comes to the conflict. He says, this is the thing that we need to talk about. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you need to do to get right with all that God has hoped for you. And what do the Ninevites do? It's on the paper in front of you. What do the Ninevites do? Surely someone besides Pat. What do the Ninevites do? They change their ways. They listen to him. And they say, well, maybe you're right. And it doesn't always go like that. It doesn't always go like that. But they say, no, you're right. We will repent our ways. And this great thing that God has said God will do will not happen. And God forgives the Ninevites. So what we have here is a heroic story that Jonah goes, undergoes many travails, but in the end, all of the Ninevites are saved from the wrath of God because he was able to overcome his anxiety. He was able to overcome his own guilt and confront the problem that was there in front of him. And this is what God has for us we get eaten away by anxiety because we have a conflict between what we know we ought to do and what we do. And there is that anxiety and it comes and it comes and it comes. And it overcomes us until we are acting in ways that we really, really don't like. Because it's when you have that anxiety in your stomach. It's when you're sure that something terrible will happen that you forget how to love one another. That's when the worst conflict comes out, right? When you're preoccupied with something else, when you're worried about all the bad things that will happen, that's when you snap and shout at someone else. And instead of saying that thing in love that you would have done when God first called you, you say that thing in anger and desperation because you're in the belly of a fish and can't get out. But this message is there is hope for all of us. There is hope and reconciliation, for just as our lives do not begin in the belly of a fish, they begin in God's creation. And though our lives do not end in the belly of a fish, they end in reconciliation and in hope and in that message that it will be better than you think it will be. It goes through the belly of a fish sometimes. And you look around and say, surely it can't get worse than this. And that's the moment to say, then I will make it better. 
I will say the thing in love I am tempted to say in anger. I will let myself go. I will give myself permission to not be guilty, to look at the anxiety that is eating me up and say, no, it is all right to feel bad, but now it's time to talk to someone about it. Now it's time to find a way to relieve the anxiety so that I can see once again what Jonah saw, that it might be better. For this is what God desires for all of us, to be reconciled to one another and to God and live into the kingdom we wish to see. This is the good news that God brings to us over and over and over again. There is always hope that it will be better. Amen.